0: to the Back Back Podcast. It is Wednesday, special Wednesday edition, live from L.A. of the Nerder She Wrote Podcast. Actually, I'm the only one in L.A. Right. Exactly. Uh, that's right. My coach, Coach Thorpe, is in beautiful Clearwater, Florida. Yes. Right? Clearwater, right? Correct. Now, okay, I've been to Clearwater. Okay. And I don't want to knock it, but it's not exactly, like sometimes it's murky water. It's like... Yes, it's a- the Gulf of Mexico, correct. It's yeah. not a
1: pond. Right. So, yeah, uh, we have lots of lakes and and we have a river in Tampa. and we right basically, I don't know why. maybe at one point it was clearer. We also have Tampa Bay, which can be pretty clear, especially if you're in a helicopter and uh, you see video of that. It can be pretty clear. But yes, we
0: do sometimes have murky water as any what? Large it's body. like Crystal River, Florida. like that that's, I mean, wow, yeah. right. So, yeah, clear water a little bit of a misnomer from time yeah. to time still a beautiful place sometimes
1: sometimes there's times you can be in the gulf of mexico walking and you can see your the sand on the bottom sometimes you can't yeah it's uh, all right. Price pricey pay for living in paradise what
0: can i tell that's you? right i was going to say uh, any place where you can swim in the ocean yeah. in late february is okay with me
1: well that it, 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 i've done some vacations in february during all star break at our beach and it was really cold but yeah typically you're not swimming in February, but it's, I'm wearing a tank top and it's January and it's because it's not that cold outside. It's, it was seventies today.
0: Well, so, um, hey, it was, it's tank top weather here in LA. Yeah. Uh, they've been having terrible weather. Um, but I get into town and they have a beautiful day. I'm not saying that the two are linked, but it is a coincidence. It, you're was, not
1: saying It's not. Okay. That's
0: right. Uh, it's also going to be <laughs> shitty weather for the rest of the week. So, you know, <laughs> once the rest of the count the Dings guys show up, uh, it's all downhill. Um, got the live show this weekend. So for everybody who's listening, that's out here, we'll see you guys this weekend. Uh, coach, I want to start in Minnesota. Um, Tom Thibodeau is out. This has all happened since, since you and I got a chance to speak. Uh, Tom Thibodeau is out. Ryan Saunders is in as the interim coach. We saw him. He coached his first game last night, got his first win. It was obviously very emotional. You know, his father passed away a couple years ago now. And, um, First, I want to start with with Tom Thibodeau. Uh, It was the timing of this was weird. I would have thought this would happen before the season started or this summer. It just seems like an odd time, in particular, coming off of a 22 point win over the Lakers. So how do you feel about that?
1: Well, I I happen to not think it matters. If if you're doing anything based on any one game, unless the game is just a horrible, you know, crazy situation where you get in fights in locker rooms or. The coach brings in a stripper to entertain the player, something wild. I don't think it should matter when any one game does. You know, it, it's a long season, and there's enough evidence to say that you're not working on defense, my man. I mean, that's really the bottom line is defensively, they just have improved so gradually over his tenure. And he was hired ostensibly to start getting to play defense. That was his rep. So it failed. It's a miserable failure, really. And, uh, and it's not like anyone's shedding tears there, except for maybe D Rose, uh, uh, the Jimmy Butler saga, obviously you're not wrong in saying what you said. They could have fired him the summer. They didn't. Uh, but there's no, there's never a bad time. I think to fire a guy that's not working out and they, they probably were a little late, but at least they did it.
0: So you brought up the defense and I mean, they've been terrible in particular, Carl Anthony towns, uh, has not grown very much. Uh, he's been better yeah, yeah. since Jimmy Butler was traded and, and Wiggins, of course. Um, do you feel like Tom Thibodeau just didn't grow as a defensive coach while the league sort of passed him by schematically on offense?
1: That's a great question that people have asked me that all day. Um, and I don't I don't know because I'm not there. I think that you can argue he's been a little bit dogmatic in his tendencies and people have schemed him up better. But I also think that you don't have to be innovative to be effective with the athletes that they have. And so I think he's failed as a communicator more than anything. And that's why I think he should have been fired.
0: I do think though that we're past the point of, you know, the the 2010 ICE every screen, all the pre-rotations that he's been, you know, that he was doing with Chicago. And and also let's not mention the fact that he had Joaquim Noah in his, the peak of his powers, you know, and that's, that's such a huge thing that we don't think about. And Kirk Heinrich, who was an excellent defender uh, up front. So um, I just think that, that he didn't adjust. I would have loved to seen what it looked like when they switched more of these pick and rolls rather than trying to ice them. Um, Especially with that personnel, you know, you don't have a guy back there that could erase mistakes that your guards were making and, you know, you're trying to guard with Jeff Teague and he's okay. Uh, but Derek Rose isn't going to be able to do that.
1: So no, obviously no, I, I, I happen to like teams that are a little bit more uh, pragmatic about what they do in the regular season. Last year, people thought the Rockets switched everything they didn't. They uh, I've heard Daryl Morris say that they only did it about half of the possessions defensively. And then in the postseason, you you come up with what's best. But I like playing with different things based on the matchups, and um, and so maybe that's a place where he he failed. Uh, I think that it wouldn't have mattered though, because I just think his his voice wasn't working. Uh, that's such a big you know. In my book, I mention I, somewhere I think probably at the beginning where we're first as coaches in the business to inspire, and um, uh, I. I came up with that myself, but that thought wasn't original. Uh, I've said many times over, Mike Krzyzewski might be the most uh, inspirational coach in the history of sports for American sports uh, because of what he's been able to do. And a lot of his guys have not been successful after him in the pros. I've always argued because uh, it's hard to be inspired as a man compared to what it's like as as a very young man or even a boy. As many of these 18-year-olds really are. Um, it's hard to do with pros. And, uh, I think at that one point, I think Tom Thibodeau was able to do that. And that day has been long been gone. He's just grounded, grinded guys down to the nub emotionally, you know, spiritually, uh, talking to players that have played for him, the long film sessions late in the season, just, just, they've had enough and people will say, Oh, players are soft today. I don't, I don't think so. I think they just—they're smart, and you know, if their time's wasted, they're—they know they could be doing better things, and maybe he will be—I tell you what—he might be really good as an assistant, where he doesn't have all the oxygen in the room to himself. Uh, that's where I would expect will happen, is someone will hire him as an offensive coordinator again, and um, because I think it's risky to hire him as a head coach right now.
0: Yeah, that's actually what I've been saying since the firing—is that I think he's a—he's the new Ron Adams, you know. Uh, hopefully, right? Like, but he's going to have to adjust his thinking on, on defense. I believe. I, I think he's going to have to update some of his schemes. He, he's not going to be able to, to just rely on the fact that he has like a great center, that can cover up for mistakes. And, and he's going to have to think about switching and and think about you know scram switching even some of these pick and rolls rather than you know just a conventional switch. I, I, I don't know. Um, no, it's kind great. of a, I agree. Kind of a bigger point mm-hmm. is that he was a better GM than he was a coach. And I wonder, I wonder how much of, you know, having the GM responsibilities and the coaching responsibilities, how much did that affect his coaching? And then, you know, we've seen teams kind of go away from this in, in recent years. Uh, It'll, I think it'll be gone for like a couple of years and then it probably comes back. But I I think it's going to be a mistake no matter who it is, unless you have the Spurs situation where, you know, this is an institute like they're an institution and, and everyone knows what their role is. But, you know, have you have these things like with Stan Van Gundy, he comes in, he cleans house. Uh, you know, you get no no institutional knowledge. Um, you had the same thing with the Clippers where Doc Rivers was running both. You look at how much better of a coach Doc Rivers looks like now that he's not also the GM. And you start to think, well, maybe maybe more than one person should be doing this job.
1: Well, I I didn't start thinking that. I've always thought that. And I'm not alone. I think I'm probably typical. Uh, I think it's a full-time job. And I think, I'm sorry, I think it's the job of two people. I think both jobs are the job of two people. Uh, I've long, long, long advocated a head coach should have an offensive and defensive coordinator. In fact, I think that if Coach Thibodeau became a defensive coordinator and only had a focus on that, I do think he'd be better than what he was as head coach and president. Uh, These are long days uh, for anyone in this position. And he was and so he was almost doing the work of four men, four people, because women could do it, too. Um, So I think that same as Doc, when you can just focus on any one thing, you're going to be better. I, I think it's the same. For companies too, which are which are run by lots of people, it just if they if they try to do too many things, it gets it's really difficult. I mean, you can branch up and all of that, obviously, but and divide things up. It's just better to focus on any one thing. I, I hope owners can uh, get past the agents who are pushing the one kind of one-stop shop, because it's it's a job for multiple people. Uh, uh, each job is, and so if you're gonna have. You can have one person each field for two total. That's fine. If you want to have three people for two positions, in, in my sense, that's fine. You can't have one for two positions.
0: Yeah. Uh, so as I said before, Ryan Saunders is the new interim coach. Um, did you did you get a chance to see the the locker room footage after the game? I I think I saw a little bit. They were very okay. very excited, right? Yeah. So he's extremely close with these players. I mean, th- this is the beauty of being an assistant coach, right? And being 32 and being 32. Right. So you can relate to these guys. And It's, you know, the, the, the main players for the team are very young, extremely young um, Covington of the, the main role players that aren't Derek Rose might be the, the oldest. I think he's like 25. Um, so I, I wonder here now, first of all, it's a great story, right? Cause Flip passed away, and and Ryan has been around the team forever. And you know, gets gets a win in his first game as a head coach, and it's an awesome story. But to extrapolate from there and start thinking ahead, I actually think for this organization, it could be for the best if he winds up earning the job. And then you've got a young coach who, I mean, you know, pedigree is whatever it is, but he's also been working in the league. I mean, you know, he wouldn't have the job. Base, I mean. Maybe, maybe his dad being flip Saunders helps him get the job, but it doesn't help him keep the job. And, but I, I look at this and I say, this guy's 32. He's only going to get better at the job. He's already established a rapport with these players. And now if he can get, get them to respect him as the boss, rather than as, you know, this is my, you know, my buddy, the coach, uh, this could be something that, that really could help turn this franchise around.
1: Yes. Of course. Uh, I, I, I would look at it from a little different perspective. Uh, I have lots of friends that would love that job. Um, I'm not rooting against him, that's for sure. I liked his dad. And uh, I, I, it seemed like everyone liked his dad, uh, which is not easy to accomplish as a coach. Um, and people, uh, I've talked to a lot of players already about him. I have in the past, too. Yeah, he's he's a liked guy. Uh, I'm rooting for the franchise, period. I, I just feel like you know, when when it's the same teams every year competing, I feel badly for the fans of those teams that that are just run poorly. I would love for the owner to sell his team and 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 make a bunch of money and let someone else try it. I would love maybe management, his new management there now, and maybe there'll be more without without Thibodeau being there, getting a the chance. I just I want them to win. I don't I don't care I don't care who it is. I just I'd like I'd like to see Towns reach his potential. I think mean, Wiggins has enormous potential. I'd love Cummington to be up for defensive player of the year and, and, uh, and just have Minnesota be another feel good story. Uh, We can never have enough of those in my opinion. Do you have any good flip Saunders stories? I, I wouldn't say that I've great flip Saunders stories as much as I have an interesting story from their training camp one year in uh, I may have told you this one, maybe I, maybe I didn't say this. I don't know if I ever said it publicly, but I was able to go to a Washington Wizards training camp, John Wall's uh, rookie year. Have I I told you that before? No, you haven't. So I was able to watch. It was at GW, uh, George Washington in in D.C. And um, he was John Wall was really out of shape, which is not that uncommon for first picks in the draft Uh, right after the draft. You know, they they uh, uh, training camp um, uh, comes in after summer league and everything and and they're doing all these endorsements. You know, he had signed with Reebok, I believe. And he just looked fat to me. Like, he, he just looked like he had done everything. But think about being a basketball player, which is, he's 19 years old. Maybe he's 20. I think he might have even been 21. Like, he was a really old rookie. You can look it up. Really old rookie. I remember thinking that. Um, but uh, you could tell, in my opinion, just walking, watching him stretch, I'm like, oh, he's, he's not in shape. And then they started doing ball handling drills. And he fucking sucked sucked. And I was a huge John Wall fan. I wasn't worried. I just thought, okay, he clearly is not thinking about basketball. And the assistant coaches there, who are in a very tough position, just kissed his ass. Uh, And one was getting really frustrated because he couldn't do a simple ball handling move as part of like a warm up drill. Uh, And he, he screwed up every time. And finally the coach was like, let me see that John Wall, that John Wall handle, something like that. And uh, he sucked again. He, he he made the move, but he you know at at a, at one tenth the speed that he used to be able to make it in, and I instantly thought, all right, let's see how the coach responds. And he of course is like, yeah, that's that a boy, John. And I know this coach. I wasn't friendly with the coach, but I had seen him around. He'd been coaching a long time. He knew it was a bullshit move by Wall. He just you can't pick a fight with the first pick in the draft. And I just thought, oh boy, they're gonna have a tough year. You know, I just, it's going to be tough. Um, he ended up being in shape and he was fine. But I thought that also said something about John Wall. Um, the other stuff I have on Flip was the way, the way players really loved playing for him. Um, he he was, he really was a, he wasn't just a player's coach. He, he was a player's manager when he was the GM, drafting guys, whatever. He, he, he had a real connection with players that I, I could tell you isn't, typical. I don't think it's that unique, but it also isn't that normal for the guy that drafted you to really be able to connect with you. I do think it's one of the advantages of being a former player and coach, as opposed to like a data guy. Some data guys are really good personality wise, just like some former players or coaches are bad in terms of connecting with people. But I think generally speaking, the former player at least has a chance initially to, and I don't necessarily think they should be hired above a data guy or whatever. I, I think we should be looking at a whole spectrum when you're evaluating who to hire as a GM. Uh, uh, but the former player tends to get the benefit of doubt initially, and if they know what they're doing, they, they, that charisma can help a little bit. But I thought Flip really had it, and uh, honestly, him, I, I thought he had a rolling. I thought he and I thought he had Minnesota in a position that were going to be much better. Uh, and then, of course, he died, and the wheels ca- came off because uh, it's he got Sam Mitchell. When you're when you're Sam Mitchell. Have you ever seen Kingpin? Yeah. The equivalent of being Munson. Oh, God. you know, he just is a disaster as a head coach. Great as an assistant. Uh, right. Nice man. Not nothing. Nothing close to being ready to be
0: a head coach, in my opinion. Yeah. It's he's like, another guy. Huh? He's like, he's like Tom Thibodeau. He's another guy who is great. I think excellent assistant. It, it's not a knock. And this is something I try to explain when I say this. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't even mean you're a bad coach. If I think you're an assistant rather than a head coach, There's you've got to be able of- to walk that line. Uh,
1: w- what happened at Sam Mitchell, and we probably shouldn't talk too much more about Minnesota because, oh, maybe their fans would be more excited. Uh, but um, I want I want your Wiggins take. I know okay, you saw. I'll give it. You I know that. you I'll saw. give you that. But real quick on Sam, yeah. uh, he he was great as an assistant coach the year prior to being uh, taken over when when Flip passed. Uh, like real bubbly. I watched him on the bench a lot, and and the press seemed to think, hey, maybe he's got a little pep in his step. And I watched his press conference and he was just a
0: jackass.
1: And I thought, oh, no, Sam, you've you've made so many inroads as an assistant where people think that maybe this will be it for you. You're going to you're going to get it. And now you're back to being a jackass. You come on, bro. And he was he was just the worst coach ever. So he didn't learn his lesson. So my Wiggins take is one game doesn't mean shit to me. Of course not. Yeah. So no, I'm rooting for him. I I hope Ryan's unlocked something. Maybe maybe any maybe you could be and I could be the coach. And he could have done that because it wasn't Thibodeau. But like I said, I think he—they were done playing for that guy. Um, I've—I've been a huge fan for so so long. Long uh, uh, when Jay and I first were doing these shows with Henry Abbott, Henry, we did videos, and Henry would write up on a cardboard like, like a note, cardboard note. He would write, uh, "Thorpe loves Wiggins." Because I did. (laughs) I thought it could be really special, and I've been so wrong. Uh, But I still think the talent's there. We we know it's there. He's he's gone backwards, and and I'm hoping I'm hoping not just Ryan, but the franchise can turn a corner, and all of a sudden they've got two future stars, uh, because all of a sudden they'll be relevant again.
0: Yeah, but I mean the effort last night really stood out. Now he's been better since Jimmy Butler left, yeah. right? Like in general, um, but not. He didn't have the sort of effort that he had last night. So clearly, I mean, I think the emotions were high and also not having, you know, they had turned off Tom Thibodeau, um, not having him there. But I mean, you know, watching him go up second effort, uh, like he missed a floater and, and he went up, got his hand on the offensive rebound, tipped it out. Uh, they missed the, the, the next shot and he got the offensive rebound and got fouled. It was like that one play. I was like, yeah, just do that. If you could just do that, like with your ridiculous athleticism, you're going to be a positive player. It doesn't mean you're going to be a star, but you're going to be better than what you are. Motor, right? Motor's a talent. That's it, Toughness absolutely, is a talent. I've been saying that for a long time.
1: Uh, well, a lot of people have uh, effort and availability. Yeah, if you could be yeah. healthy and and willingness to be pushed. So yeah. you know, he if if he was if he was a student of mine, which I, I've only I'm not sure I've even met him. I've certainly never talked to him. Um, I saw him play in high school once, and and I don't remember if I met him that night or not, because I was friendly with the coach that coached against him. But uh, he seemed like such a nice guy. Uh, I'm 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 such a big fan, but uh, some guys need to be pushed. Someone someone's got to get in his face, say, dude, you you suck. Like this just isn't tolerable. Two rebounds, three rebounds?
0: You're one of the most And he had 10 player. last
1: night. I I know. Yeah. This is, yeah, I'm giving this speech before the last night's game. Right. Oh, gotcha, right. gotcha, gotcha. So like, no, no Andrew, no, this, this cannot be the case where you're getting three rebounds a game and thinking you're doing okay. It's no one else's fault but yours. There are other things that might not be your fault, but this isn't one of them. So uh, last night, 10 rebounds. My favorite thing to do with players, and I do this with my son too, is, um, hey, man, you fucked up last night. What do you mean? Well, you got nine rebounds. Well, that's great. I said, yeah, it just shows that you could do it every game doesn't mean you'll get nine. Sometimes the ball doesn't go your way, but you, it's there for you. You should be going for that. And it's got to be meaningful. You got to value that. Get yourself in positions to, to go get rebounds and go chase them down with, with, uh, with intensity. Right. Uh, with Chris Paul, that ball is mine, intensity. So let's see what happens game. I haven't seen their schedule. Are they playing tonight?
0: Um, I don't have it in front of me. I'll, I'll uh, because yes. I, I want to I see the follow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I- wait, no. They are
1: off tonight. Uh, and then tomorrow's TNT game. I'll look. Yeah. I'd like to. Uh, yeah, they're off. So they, they're off till Friday. So good. They got. They play the Enjoy their win. Let's see how they respond. Um, I, 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 I think with those two talented players alone, with some of the veterans they have, I think they could just be uh, an interesting team uh, moving forward. That, that's all I'll say right now. Yeah. Interesting to the point where they're a playoff contender and, and, and maybe good enough to get in the playoffs this year. Yeah, this year. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, I mean, there's um, so many things going on. I mean, let's see when LeBron comes back. Um, the Clippers, you know, hanging on, but but Wiggins, Wiggins doing what he did. You know, not not forty and ten, but twenty four and eight, and a, and an inspired Towns and Cummington playing defense, and all of them. They they should be a top ten team, Dave,
0: on defense. I agree. On they def- they've got top ten talent. Yeah, on defense. So maybe that. And, and don't Wiggins forget Dario Saric. Different story. Don't forget Dario Saric. You know, I mean, you know, this Jimmy Butler trade. Yeah. It didn't work out with Jimmy Butler, but they wound up with Covington and Saric, two really good players. Yeah. I love them both. And they fit really well with the guys they have like Tom, Tom Thibodeau. Again, he was a better GM than a coach, but uh, I don't, that's enough. Minnesota. Um, Boogie cousins is coming back. Coach. He's coming back on the 18th, potentially against the Clippers. Um, Klay Thompson starting to find his shot. He's shooting over 50% from three in his last five games had 43 last night scored. uh, I I think on scoring possessions, he only had four dribbles, which is back to what Klay Thompson does best. Um, How are they going to re-implement or how are they going to implement? I should say boogie into what they're doing offensively.
1: Well, I haven't seen boogie in uh, gear. What's his body look like? I, he, I think he's in good shape. I mean, he's been rehabbing and uh, I, yeah. So that's question one, because that guy in shape can really run. So what, and I, and I've been lucky enough as a high school coach, I coached one of the best post players in, in state history. Uh, it was a three-year starter at Florida, went to the final four as a starter. So great, great player, 12 year pro. Uh, he wasn't boogie cousins. He was five inches smaller, but built the same. And we ran, we were the running rebels. We, we ran and post defense is at its worst in transition. And we didn't have Steph Curry (laughs) or Kevin Durant. And he, and so we ran and sealed and we pushed fast and looked inside. I also had, we had uh, all state, all American guards over the course of his career. So before he was such a great player, he was just a good player. Our guards were great, but we ran fast and, and looked to get the ball inside early. And if they devoted enough resources to take that away, our perimeter players had opportunities. So I would do that. Uh, They run nice pinch post based offense. He's, he's a very willing and good passer. Uh, I think he's, I mean, all eyes should be on him, not necessarily in game one, because he's allowed to figure it out. But if he, I think the, I think the Warriors took a lot of summer off and I think they've, they've relaxed. And I think clay, uh, enjoyed his summer. And I don't mean party, just enjoyed it, which he should have done because they knew they were built to, to, to be for this season to start really in April. And if Boogie is bought in, and the, probably what I would look at most like if you tell me that going into the postseason he has zero technicals, I will tell you that barring injury, they're winning the championship for sure.
0: I mean, that, I think that, that guy's that bought in, they're winning the championship for sure. Yeah, I mean they're clearly, obviously the favorites. Um, but the the thing that I I think that people aren't thinking enough about is what he does for them out of that pinch post. Yeah. Instead of having Draymond Green there, you're going to have Boogie Cousins. So it's a guy who can actually get you a bucket. So you actually you have to guard him. You know, it, it's a, such a different dynamic having a scorer in that position, and it opens up so many other possibilities. Honestly, like. I don't even think he's going to play more than 15 minutes a game. But they if he can give them 80% of what we know DeMarcus Cousins can do, or at least could do before the injury, 80% of that, and they're going to dominate those 15 minutes. And think about the bigs that they've had during this run. I mean, Andrew Bogut was not a scoring threat at all. Zaza Pachulia, JaVale McGee, I mean, you know, he's great on lobs, but that was it. He wasn't scoring with the ball in his hands. Uh, even And even Draymond, aside from the one season shooting threes. Um, oh, and oh, yeah. Boogie can actually shoot threes. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I think and, it's gonna be fun. And he
1: can be a hell of a defensive player. Yeah. Like I, I, I saw him in playing for Team USA coming off the bench for Coach K. And I believe it was the gold medal game where Anthony Davis picked up early fouls. And I, Cousins came in. My first thought was, we just lost maybe our best defensive player and cousins was unbelievable on defense this was a long time ago, but, but, but I don't think it was the Olympics may have been. So it may have been in 15 or 14 either before that, but it was a big game When you could look up when cousins played, he was so active and huge. And so he might get more than 15 minutes a game just because of that, depending on the matchup. And then in the postseason, season, he, he might play 30 in some games, depends on who they're playing and what the, what, what they're going to try to do. That's the flexibility why I think they'll win a championship as long as he's under control, as long as he's under control. And uh, and I can't wait to see it because he is dude's a 2020 guy if he wants to be. So I'm just, you know, you think about this. The Rockets last year brought on Chris Paul in part to give Harden some rest offensively. The, the Warriors are going to add DeMarcus Cousins, a completely unstoppable scorer to a lineup that features Durant and Curry with Thompson as his floor spacer. So those guys can get a lot of rest in some games. Just throw a ball to big boy and let him go to work. Uh, In the pinch post and low post, too. So I, and he's going to be so fired up to play. It's been, you know, if he's healthy, of course, and and if he's in shape and all of that, which we'll see pretty fast. But yeah, uh, to me, he's the, he's the, he's not just the game changer. He's the, he's the end game strategy if he's healthy and locked in.
0: Um, we're at the halfway mark of the season and I think it's a good chance for us to kind of check in on the MVP race. It, this is about the time when I can stop saying like Paul George is in the MVP race. I hate to, I hate to say it. I mean, he is, uh, if, if I'm still one through eight, um, but it's probably time for me to only think about, you know, four or five guys a, as we're moving into the second half of the season. Uh, I'm really curious how do you feel? My my top two guys right now are Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, obviously, he's been great all year. And I think Harden, in the, the last 14 games, what he's done has been so spectacular that he's just right behind Giannis. Are, are you with me on this, or am I crazy?
1: Well, you're definitely not crazy. Uh, I mean, I think Giannis would be on everyone's top two list. Their team is the, is the tops in the East, or second in the East, rather. I think second in the East. I haven't looked. Um, I think I think there's a game between them and Toronto. Yeah, they're um, second in the league. Second in the league, okay. Yeah, Toronto and, and enemies, right? Toronto is yeah. Toronto's one and they're twenty 28-11, right? So um, Giannis has to be there. Uh, I'm not someone that really ever looks at. I feel like you know, I, to me, seventy five percent the number I look at for. I, I don't honestly, I don't care, and so that's part of my issue is I just right. never care myself, but I know other people do. But yeah. we're, we're talking about who's having the best season. Yeah. Um, I mean, probably Harden and Davis have had the best seasons. Yeah. I, I wish they'd get rid of the MVP and call the MOP.
0: I think they Agreed. should have both. I think it should be both. Yeah. that's. Yeah. I mean, I actually have been saying that for a couple of years because it makes it tough. Like we can't reward Anthony Davis for what he's doing because his team sucks.
1: Right. I, I would uh, and- do, here's what I would do. I would do offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, most viable player of the postseason, most outstanding player of the regular season. That's what I I think that's perfect. That would actually, that would solve so many issues. Yeah. I wouldn't care about the value of the regular season. I would care the value of the, of the, and and the value it's almost always going to go to the champion, unless it, a series goes seven games and, and one guy like LeBron in some years may have deserved MVP. I mean, Jerry West won one as a loser. Um, we have a couple of Super Bowls too. I think with a losing team, might may, may have had an MVP. But uh, I mean, most outstanding. What Harden has done lately is beyond incredible. Uh, I I am a big believer in looking at the the whole picture. And Harden still is a is a negative defensively, whereas Davis is elite on both ends, really elite. Uh, Jokic deserve to be in conversations for most outstanding season. Uh, Kyrie most outstanding player. LeBron is going to, you know, depending on when he comes back and what they do. Uh, I still think Curry and Harden are, the, Harden are the two best players in the league. Offensively, uh, Davis is, I think, the best all-around guy. Giannis worries me a little bit in the postseason about his lack of shooting. I just think it's going to be an issue. I think
0: teams are just going to not guard him at all. Yeah, you know, and, and, I want, quick, yes. If we can take an aside there, yeah. you saw the Utah game, I'm assuming. I did not. I mean, I saw a little bit here and there. Okay, so I mean, you could probably imagine this scenario. Then uh, they guarded him with Gobert in the yeah. first half. Yeah. And he, I mean, he, they were they were terrible with yeah, that. That's what I think is um, going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you just sag off of them. I mean, then, team's you know, going to
1: put their five on him and or their four on him and just and just never leave the paint. Uh, you know, if you if there if there's a three second call in the paint, you can get in there five seconds, and just shade him and literally just let him shoot almost zone it from the perimeter. Um, just build a wall around the rim. He's got to learn to shoot the ball or, the, or you know, in transition. Of course he'll, he's a monster, but, uh, I mean, I, if I'm looking at who, who's been the best all around player, I think it's probably Anthony Davis. Actually, I just don't think he'll win anything because team sucks.
0: Yeah. Anthony Davis actually statistically having an unprecedented season is he? uh, he's like, yeah, like he's over 28 points a game, over 12 rebounds a game, over four and a half. Over assists. 13 rebounds a game. Oh yeah. There you go.
1: And two points. Uh, I just looked it up 2.6 oh, blocks. Right. I, mean, I just, I just looked it up His PR is 30.72. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm glad I picked him. <laughs> no one's ever, no one's ever had that stat line ever. Really? Right. No one's ever done it. What was Wilt's best? Um, I, I don't know. Well, they didn't track blocks. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's why. And by, modern
1: time, right yeah.
0: in the modern game, and, but also, you know, basketball reference only goes back so far so, right.
1: when I'm you know. watching games, I, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, typically I have three games on at one time, sometimes four with, with the way the world is today. I try to have a news station on and I mix that up too, but I just let my eyes scan a lot. If I'm not trying to value any one thing, I just try to scan and in watching every night, most nights anyway, um, I think Davis has, is, has is, is been playing the best on both ends combined. He, his just team sucks so bad. It's, he's not going to be MVP, but it, if there
0: was an MLP, I would give it to him. I really, he's one of those guys that I just want to see, like have a good team around him because I don't know, like maybe he doesn't score as much if he's got better, you know, like two really good players with him, but I could see him averaging like 18 rebounds a game. Like he's just that kind of player. Yeah. He's so amazing, and and
1: from what I'm told from players who who don't tempt, tend to lie to me, he's the greatest guy. Like when they say the same thing about Curry, just the greatest guy, just the best teammate. Players that I've had that have gone to New Orleans have said he gives them their cell phone right away. Call me if you need anything. Just just friendly with the family approachable, hardworking, every, he, he is the dream franchise guy in every way, shape. and In a way, in a way, Shaq wasn't Shaq might've been a better player, different argument, but he was a pain in the ass. Shaq knew he was the king of the world and acted as such. Davis has a humility about him that I think makes him a little, little more special. Um, I agree with you. I, I, it's, it's, it's sad that, um, He's stuck playing for
0: such a terrible franchise. I hope hope they can figure it out, but the evidence is bad. In his last 11 games, he's averaging almost 32 points a game and 16 rebounds. Wow. It's it's not fair. I mean, so he's not going to get traded during the season, I don't think. I think that the smart move is to wait until the summer, but I don't see any way that that they're keeping him. You think think it's smart by whom to wait for the summer? I think it's smart for the Hornets. Or the Hornets. Sorry, man. I can't believe I did I, I that. I don't.
1: Well, let me rephrase that. If if Davis says to them, uh, guys, it's seventy thirty on coming back. Let's just see how the year ends. Maybe maybe I'd hold on to him. But if if I'm getting anything less than that, uh, which I think, if if Davis was honest, you would get. Yeah. I'm 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 not afraid to pull the trigger on what I think. I'm figuring out what I think the best deal can be. Whenever. Right. And. and it, and but I, to to but you also have to think about the sliding scale of what but it might get down to right um if word gets out I well and so I so fast if I could by the way his usage rate is twenty second so he's he's at twenty eight and thirteen well twenty eight and he's thirty second in usage rate that's that's an
0: incredibly efficient player oh yeah My goodness he's nuts um so the the thing about waiting until the summer is he'll still have one year left and you get Boston into the mix. And so then the offers have to have to be better, um, you know, cause Boston will probably offer, I'm assuming Jason Tatum would be in the deal. Now this is all like, we could go into the whole details where they're going to want to know that he's going to resign. And, you know, Anthony Davis could actually bust everything up by saying he only wants to go to, you know, these four teams and, you know, that's well, all.
1: Yeah. But that's yeah. part of the conversation is where do you want to go? If we're going to trade you, we're not telling you we're trading you. And if word gets out we're going to trade you, we really can't because then your value really drops. So you know it's just this was it's us and you talking. But just where would you want to go, and then you start the process. And if if he says Lakers and Celtics are both there, um, you know it's a bidding war between those two. Yeah. And so you can get. I think the Lakers have a hell of a i i would. I would almost rather. I'd have to look at the numbers, but I'd almost rather have more of the Lakers' assets. Than just getting Tatum and lesser assets in Boston. Although they can, they can really offer, Boston certainly has an amazing package to offer. But yeah. I, I, I want to get five players if I can. Uh, do you remember? You're young, but. Herschel Walker. Yes. That's there you thinking. go. The Herschel Walker. I said this a thing. lot. If, if you trade one player for as many guys as you
0: can, you know what the Cowboys ended up doing? They got Emmett Smith, they got Troy Aikman, they got. Michael Irvin, Michael Irvin. They got everybody. Super Bowl that yeah. So,
1: yeah. uh, Herschel was incredible. I'm an sec guy. I grew up watching him and rooting against him because I was a Gator fan. He went to Georgia, but, um, hey, we'll talk about a humble superstar. My goodness. He was amazing. But, uh, I, I try to get as many guys I can from LA and then, then you got assets and they you know with, with what they already have. Okay. Uh, I, I think they could do some, then, then the franchise is interesting again, because right now, honestly, I'll, I'll play, they'll play. I'll watch them a little bit tonight, but they've, They're 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 trying to play super fast with the worst wings in the league. Athletically, it makes no sense to me at all.
0: Let's ignore the clutch sports stuff just for a second. Okay, if you're Philadelphia, would you offer Ben Simmons for Anthony Davis straight up? This is hypothetical. You mean Philadelphia? If Davis is saying I'll definitely resign with you, I'll definitely resign. Yeah. What? Yeah. I listen. That has been a controversial point that I made. What I I just asked the question. I just said, hey, would Philly potentially offer Ben Simmons for Anthony Davis? Now, this isn't going to happen because they're, they're both represented by clutch. There's all the political stuff. But it's a really interesting conversation to happen because, you know, Ben Simmons, he might be Magic Johnson. He might actually be, you know, as maybe not the. I'm not, I, all right, Magic Johnson. That's tough to say, but he might be Magic Johnson. He, no, I'm, no, he,
1: he, he, no, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope. no. I'm the biggest Ben Simmons fan ever, but uh, he, I, I know what I know what you're saying. For yeah, day, so it's not really an argument, yeah. but right, yeah, he he can be an MVP and an All Star, but the, the 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 operative word you said is might. Whereas Anthony Davis right. is the real deal, and is he is he 28 now, Davis? Uh, Davis is. 26. Oh my God, he's 25. Six. Well 25? Yeah, in March. Yeah. yeah. Hello. No. Right. Yeah, you're you're taking the short thing with Embiid. Wow. Um,
0: but yeah, that's. They had the best. They'd have the best defense in the league, no matter who their guards were. Yeah. That's the craziest thing about that pairing. And people, you know, like one of the, the things I got in pushback was, well, how does Davis and, and Embiid fit? Well, Fine. They, how do you not know they can both shoot threes? And well, also
1: Davis, Davis guys get better at that.
0: Yeah, Maybe maybe
1: he would, if he didn't have to do so
0: much for his teams. Uh, Yeah. Then you have, you can still have Davis play some five when you want to go small. There's just come on those two guys. I mean, that would be an incredible pairing. Like that's two hall of fame level players. I think, I think Davis is going to LA
1: and I think that he is going to play with LeBron. I think Durant may go to LA too. I think he's going to, um, as I've said many times on on our show, but I think that Davis is going to be he's gonna be you know LeBron's guy, he he probably is better than LeBron uh, when you factor it all in now, not a better player over the course of his career or anything. Sure, and they're prime. But that LeBron wants to last a few more years, and then it'll still be Davis's team for a long time after that, with whomever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if 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 he's open to look at some other school teams, Philly is a team that's got some assets. Boston's a team. I mean, where else could he go besides those three? What about Toronto? If they re-sign Kawhi. Yeah, but he won't want to go there. You don't think so? I don't. It's, it's stupid for me to say, what do I know? But sure. no, I don't think yeah, they No, they've got, they've got a bunch of good young players too. Uh, and, and will likely try to do something. And, and, and speaking of MVP, I was asked the question earlier and, Again, I don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I said Anthony and Kawhi were my two choices as who I thought would be potentially winners of it. I right. said I don't actually have an opinion on it myself. The, they are they play for you know the two of the probably two top teams right now, um, but two of the top teams anyway in the East. So they are the two top teams. Uh, Kawhi, I mean Toronto has been great. Kawhi has been their best player. He's having a great year. And here's the other thing. We don't we don't pick MVP after 39 games. So the Kawhi's gonna get better. You know, Vadi he stays healthy. He's not gonna get worse. He's gonna get and better he, because he's, he's gonna be in even better shape and better rhythm and and figure it out more and his coach will figure him out more.
0: Like I could see him being player of the month in April or March for sure. Yeah, he's he's been great. Um so we we've gotten uh on Twitter, we've gotten a lot of requests. Um to talk about the Spurs and what they've done in the last month, um, I, I don't know how closely you've been watching them. I but watched they've had the tape yesterday. I didn't know that we had a bunch of questions, that, but I did watch oh, the yeah. tape yesterday. So they've had the best offense in the league since December first, and like the sixth, fifth, or sixth best defense. Um, it's it's amazing that Popovich is always able to maximize the roster no matter what. And it's one of these things where I should know better by now than to like doubt that they will win, you know, 45. I mean, of course, 50 was the old benchmark. They don't have 50 win talent. Not not with the West as deep as it is. Um, But the idea that they wouldn't be competing for the playoffs like I was thinking, you know, about a month into the season now seems crazy. They're they're like 24 and 17. They've been incredible. DeMar DeRozan to me is having his best season. He's doing everything. Yeah. This is, I mean, yeah, most well-rounded season of his career, uh, I- improving even beyond what he did last year as a playmaker in Toronto. Um, so what have you seen out of them aside from Derek white being really good and Bryn Forbes? There you go. Uh, so a couple of things,
1: uh, first of all, so do you, do you remember, uh, what were you, what year were you born? 81. Oh, so, you, so the answer is No. Uh, um, the hockey team, uh, that, that beat the
0: Russians. Right. I mean, I remember it. At, you saw you know, the movie you know, with hindsight. The, you know, with the Disney guy. No, I didn't see the movie. I just, I, I think I watched a documentary about Miracle on Ice. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I was 15, I think it was in 1980, right? Um, yeah.
0: The 80 yeah. Olympics. Yeah.
1: 15 years old. And it was just, you know, you, that was that was one of the most incredible moments of my life, that period of time. Um, just amazing. Uh, I even, I won a trivia contest once when I was asked, it was, it was a big group. Uh, who did they beat to win the gold? And everyone thought it was Russia, but it was Finland. Uh, I remember all of this because it was just the most important thing ever. And then as soon as the games were over, you'd, I grew up in Florida, so you'd run outside in roller skates and you'd play hockey in the streets. And luckily for me, my next neighbor was from Minnesota. And they all had real hockey sticks. We were using tennis <laughs> rackets, and we killed each other with those freaking hockey sticks. We don't get we don't get at roller skating, but it was the greatest time ever. So my point is, Herb Brooks was the coach, right? Right. Uh, uh, we've seen Remember the Titans and Denzel Washington's character based on a real movie, and uh, actually uh, the movie about the uh, um, the Jackson guy. I forget the name of the movie. I met the, Coach Carter. I actually coach met the real Coach Carter. Uh, we all know how valuable coaches are, and I always get yelled at when I say it's a coaches' league, as if people forget all the other things I keep talking about. Just because there's great players doesn't mean squat without coaching. Look at Minnesota, by the way, people. Um, so, of course, Pop has figured it out. He's Pop. I think he's the best special coach of all time in American sports. Uh, although Belichick, I agree, and I get that. No, I agree. But- what what he has done with DeRozan, I'm really glad you mentioned him. Uh, I watched them play the other night. Like I said, I watched him on tape uh, yesterday for about 45 minutes. They are um, they're so beautiful to watch, and and for as rough a, a, as he seems to be as a coach, and as mean spirited, I think sometimes he is with the media. That's not how he coaches. In fact, he's gotten better. Uh, he used to be rougher, I think. Uh, when Tony Parker was young and Ginobili and those guys that according to the stories they tell, I uh, there, I remember DeRozan being so mad when they got traded and I thought, Oh, he just has no idea. Like he doesn't understand as good as Toronto is. He's lucky because he's now going to be the best player he's ever been. And I haven't looked up statistically. You think, you think he is having the best season he's ever had? I, I mean, that's an
0: eye test thing. You know, I, I'm, I mean, I've watched a lot of DeRozan over the years. Um, I think he looks better and I mean, he's not asked to do as much like scoring, but he's making a uh, place for others. It's high uh, in rebounds, career high in rebounds, yeah. career high career in assists. assists. Yeah. And um, you know, his usage. Was,
1: yeah. I
0: believe his usage is down, which is just fine. Yeah. And that's good. Uh, no, it's about even with last season. Um, but the last season was about 5% lower than the previous season. Right, right, so, right. Um, and his defense is good. This is actually by box plus minus. This is first. I mean, you know, if he finishes off the season, we're halfway through. It's his first positive defensive box plus minus. Now that doesn't mean everything, but it matches the eye test. He's defending better. He like, this is what San Antonio does. They figure out, okay, our personnel has this strength. We're going to play to this. And this is what I should have done when they signed Pal Gasol. I was like, oh, no, their defense is going to tank. Uh, I should have known better because they were going to say, well, you know what? Gasol is really good at being tall and having long arms. So we're going to drop him back in all of our pick and roll coverage. We'll let them shoot all the mid rangers they want. And we're just going to defend the rim. And guess what? They, they had a top five defense. And uh, again, I just need to shut my mouth at the beginning of the season or or in the summer and just say, you know what? I think pop will figure it out eventually. I mean, they've been great. And even we had this conversation where I said, is pop just being stubborn for the sake of being stubborn about the three pointers? Do you remember this? Yes. And I said, he's being obstinate and man, he's just being so old school. Well, they're leading the league in three point percentage, despite, you know, and, and so they're getting as many points on threes as any of the teams in the top 10 in attempts. Taking less. Yeah, because they're hunting good shots.
1: Yeah. And well, he's so always done the, he's always done the good to great thing. Uh, Derek White threw us this, this story there. I mean, was he number 29 pick last year? Yes. Uh, um, playing really well lately. That's coaching. I mean, nothing, nothing against White. Of course, he deserves a ton of credit. Working, watching tape, working on game in the off offseason, uh, being coachable. This is not a knock on any. You can't turn a bad player in a good one. Being in good shape, by the way, coming yeah. off a knee injury, came in fit. Yeah, yeah. They this their franchise is what they are for a reason. And um, Bryn Forbes is undrafted, I believe. Yeah. Shooting it great, uh, DeRozan playing just great basketball as, as a three, and not just not just a three. Uh, they are they're just amazing. And I tell you something that I think about a lot. Uh, what if what if Zaza doesn't do what he did to Kawhi in that one game. Like how different would this NBA landscape look right now? Because they I, would have won that game. I think they would have won the series, but right. They would have won that game. Wow. Right. I, I thought going in, they, I, I don't remember anymore. If I picked them in seven games, I just don't remember anymore, but I, I thought they had a real chance to win the series. And um, for a lot of different reasons, mostly because Kawhi was just the, the X factor. They didn't, they couldn't match up with, I thought on both ends. And um, which is probably why the goon took him out because that's what he did, and uh, it was absolutely intentional what he did, in my opinion. Having watched a lot of basketball, had had that not happened and had the Spurs won with the championship, not just the West but the championship with Kawhi, and he probably gets his second MVP award. Like he's still in, he's still in San Antonio right now. And what does Golden State look like? So I, I, I think about that, and that's how close they are to, to – were anyway. And and DeRozan got a great gift. Nothing against Toronto. They're just they're – not, they're not San Antonio. And so I think he's going to – I think he's going to end up being friendly one day with Masai. Yeah. Because he's going to realize, you know what? I was in a great spot, but I went to a better spot. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, and it's – Rudy Gay has been fantastic. Amazing. I mean, he's just been so good. I knew he good. would be as soon as he got there. That, yeah. You know, that's well, the he was – franchise does. You know, it's funny. I actually said, man, Rudy Gay is like the perfect guy yeah. for the Spurs. Um, I was more worried about the Achilles injury, but, man, he looks just as explosive as he did five years ago. He, see, that's who I compare Wiggins to. Yeah. Uh, is
1: he he's on track to be a Rudy Gay in his career, a lesser version, actually. Um Rudy is the nicest guy. I, I, I have friend I have players that I've talked to and coached who just love him as a friend, as a teammate. Uh, they, they talk about what a great wife he has and family, a quality man um, who I just think didn't really get it motor wise. And, uh, and the Spurs have figured it out.
0: Of course they did. Of course they didn't right. figure it out for them. And, and by the way, they're doing all this, They lost three starters, I mean, technically, if you think about Kawhi. So they lost Danny Green. They lost Kyle Anderson, who was very good for them last year. And DeJounte Murray. So no DeJounte Murray. And so they get to add DeJounte Murray to this. This is is why there shouldn't be a draft. Because we
1: keep rewarding terrible teams who don't know what to do any better with the great players they have, like
0: the Pelicans and the the Wolves. And I go on and on. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Cam Reddish is a guy that I think that if he could wind up in San Antonio, he'd be a 10 time all star. Can he can, can he drop that low? No, 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 no. Yeah. Right. There's okay. no way. I, but, I got but you. Yeah. I'm just saying he's a guy that that from just talking to people, he could go three or four and wind up looking a lot like Andrew Wiggins, where we're all disappointed, you know, Um but if you went to a place like San Antonio, you you know you never know. Yeah. It's too bad that that San Antonio doesn't make in-season trades, because they could really make the West spicy if they could, you know, if they could have gotten Jimmy Butler. Let's say. I won't. I won't. Well, you already said you're not going
1: to go against them again. That, nothing surprises me anymore with them. <laughs> and maybe maybe they can work something out uh, with a the trade. Uh, they they they're just the
0: best run team in sports, pretty much. I wish they could get Anthony Davis. Whew. Oh, man. Now you're blowing my mind. See, now that's my favorite. Now that's my favorite new trade. I got to work it out. If um, they did that. I thought they were getting Chris Paul years ago. If they did that. Anthony yeah. Davis, that would be amazing. Yeah, so uh, a story came out that they're interested in, in uh Kristaps Porzingis because he'll be a restricted free agent this summer because yeah, the Knicks that. didn't extend him yet. Um, that, so, yeah. Yeah. So they'll throw, I mean, throw a max offer. If you've got it, you know, at, at Chris thops, that could be really interesting. Um, anything, anything they do, they're going to, they're going to, if there's
1: gold, if there's gold to be found, they'll find it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Um, That's probably a good place to wrap up with some Spurs, some Spurs love. I, you know, we need to appreciate, and we say this a lot about LeBron because you know, we're, we, we can, we can see the sunset coming, but you know, Greg Popovich has been doing this at this level for a very long time. And we, you know, we probably don't have a lot of time left as far as, you know, him coaching in the league, Um, you know, all eyes on the 2020 Olympics. And uh, I I hope that we can continue to appreciate what he does with lesser talent than most of the coaches in the West uh, or most of the coaches in the league or at least the good teams with lesser talent um, collection of spare parts because they've never been bad. They don't he, get to go out and draft. Yeah. He's the real deal. Do, do, you, do you remember who uh,
1: Paul Bell Bryant was? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know who he was. Yeah. Yeah. So there used to be a, a there was a saying about him. Uh, I've said this before on different podcasts, maybe ours. Um, he'd take his in and beat your in, and he'd take your and beat his in. And as a coach, I always have thought about that. Even when I was 22, like I wanted to be able to beat the other team with my guys. And I wanted to know that if I, if we switched to rosters, not that night, but give me months to coach them up, I, I would beat that group that I have with the other guys. Cause it's my job. Uh, he's as good as we ever had uh, to do that. And he, like I said, he's the true genuine article. Um, and, and I give credit to the owners and, and RC, uh, for what they've done. They they are the model. You know, people talk about small market, like they don't give a damn. They, they find ways they do it the right way and their players get better and they get paid for it. And I deserve, and they deserve all the credit in the world for it.
0: Uh, you get any closing thoughts? I do this week. All right. I, do. I just, because I know you're going to ask just now and, and I know you've got a show tomorrow, right? Um, no. Or, so the, the live show is going to be in a couple Friday. of days. Yeah. Friday, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. Yeah.
1: So, um, I wanted to say that, uh, and, and I've said this a little bit before. I'm, you know, I'm not as young as you guys. I'm 53, I'm going, going 54 in just over a month now. Uh, not as old as my dad, and my mom, still alive. But uh, uh, 1980, I was, you know, when you were when you 81 when you were born, I was I was taking physics in high school. Um, I so appreciate the way I got treated when I was in Brooklyn. Uh, my wife and I were there for her 50th birthday, and. Everyone in that room, except for one man, uh, was I don't think had a single gray hair on their face or uh, or or other head. And I have a lot, and I'm getting more and more silver every day. And people treated me so beautifully and said so many nice things to me and about me uh, on Twitter or whatever. It really I really do appreciate. It. I, I try to stay relevant. Uh, it helps having young kids, not just my my twins, but but their friends and and the players that my son plays with and the families that I talk to. Um, but the best thing is just trying to, trying to, to stay relevant to people that love the game that I've devoted my whole life to really, I've been playing since I was nine and, uh, coaching since I was 20, since I was 19. My first team was when I was 19. And, uh, I just, I just, it means a lot to me that, that people, uh, disagree with me respectfully, agree with me respectfully. I uh, appreciate the, 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 the passion that I have for. What the game means beyond the court, which is really why I think we're in the business to help inspire young people on more important life lessons than just how to make jump shots. But they'll listen to me because I help make jump shots. And because of that, and maybe because of our fans, I help them maybe understand a little bit more about the game they love. They'll listen to me about more important life issues. It means a lot to me. And if you just tell everyone out there um, that Coach Thorpe appreciates them, I'd appreciate that.
0: Well, hopefully they all listen to this before the live show. Um, but I can confirm that and and in you know what you see is a small percentage of uh, how people actually feel like they love you. they they are so pumped when I tell them, oh, yeah, yeah, we definitely have a new show this week. We're definitely going to talk about this topic. People hit me in my DMs all the time. Hey, you know, I really would love to get Coach Thorpe's opinion on this thing and I try to sneak it in when I can. So yeah, no, it's, it's definitely cool. Um, well, you know with I'll follow up. Mm -hmm. This'll be my first live show. Yeah. Um, as a part of the crew and, uh, everybody's been very inviting. Um, I know like you guys have been like a little family for a long time now and I'm the new guy. And a lot of times, you know, when the new guy comes in, I mean, it happens in, in on basketball teams all the time. Uh, fans or listeners, in this case, aren't always quick to accept uh, the new guy or, or make him feel welcome. I have never felt anything but. Everybody's been so cool. So I'm really excited to meet as you know all the people that came out to L.A. or that are in L.A. for the live show. And, uh, and also to get to hang out with the count the Dings crew. I am disappointed that you're not here coach. Um, but we're going to try to get you up to Boston. I hope, um, in, in March, which, you know, it's a great time to be in Boston. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we, uh, we're going to have a good time this weekend. want to thank everybody for listening coach. Thanks for joining me, uh, as always. And, uh, we'll be back next week with another nerder she wrote.